this time of year. And I love Thanksgiving. It's not just about, you know, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the gravy, the sweet potato pie, and stay focused now. Don't get, you know, don't go there. Uh, But it's about our attitude in our heart. And it's about, it's a great opportunity for us to pause and remind us what we do have to be thankful for. Last year, at this time, I preached a message called Thankful, and I was uh, praying about, well, Lord, what am we going to do this year? So this year, we are going to cook it up a little bit different. You know, it's like potatoes. You can have, I'm talking a lot about food up front, don't you all leave me, stay focused. You can have mashed potatoes, fried potatoes, baked potatoes, and on and on, you know, that you can do with potatoes. But you cook it up a little bit different every time. And so that's what came in my heart. Uh, Being thankful, the definition of thankful is this, conscious of a benefit received. And then I thought, well, what else goes along with that? Another word. Well, another word that's right in line with that is Grateful. So tonight we're going to talk about grateful. <laughs> Great with a dash and full. And grateful means this, appreciative of benefits that we have received. How many of you are appreciative of the benefits that we have received in Jesus Christ? And when a person has that attitude of thanksgiving and that attitude of gratitude, then it just makes you want to do more. If you have a a relative, you know, they're always saying thank you and how much I appreciate you. Well, you know, it inspires you to be your very best and to give your all. But if you have maybe a boss or someone that never says great job, You know, it's difficult for you to just be really happy about working there if you don't feel appreciated. And some people say, well, yeah, but you know, we're supposed to do all things as unto the Lord and we're not looking for the praise of men. No, we aren't. But what about the fact that we want to be treated, uh, we treat others like we want to be treated. And you know, all of us like to know that we are appreciated. What if a, a husband never ever told his wife that he loved her and his attitude was just, she knows that I loved her, love her, I married her, didn't I? Well, I would have to say, how's that working for you? Because that is not going to work very long in a marriage. A wife wants to hear, I love you. Thank you for what you're doing for me. I appreciate you. And all of us have that saying uh, built on the inside of us. Really, God wants to be praised. And men and women, it's not that we want to be praised, but we want to be appreciated. Think about it with grandkids. Um, I was just down in Orange County, and I got to watch our oldest granddaughter, Olivia. She was amazing in her school play. It was called A Night of Comedy. And she played Lady Shakespeare in one of the scenes. And she was just off the charts. She was just commanding that stage and just had the audience in the palm of her hand. I was just so proud of her.
And afterwards, you know, she was talking and she was very hesitant to even try out for that play. But her dad encouraged her. He kept saying, Olivia, you'd be great at this and da, da, da. So she did it. And then that night, all of her friends, the parents were coming up, handing her roses, handing her flowers and Olivia, you did so great. And this big old smile on her face, you could just see her confidence level rising. And as we were driving home, she said, you know, Grammy, I think I might try out for the spring play, the spring musical, because she realized, hey, I was pretty good at this. And she realized that people appreciated what she did. Do you like to have people appreciate what you do? Well, absolutely we do. And anyway, and the more that we sense that people do appreciate what we do, the more we want to do. Again, as grandparents, I know this, uh, if our little granddaughters, if I bring them something and they just throw it away and they're like, that is the dumbest toy I've ever seen. Grammy, how could you bring me something like that? No, I'm not going to want to bring them anything again. But they're, they're always very happy with Grammy's little surprises. So that just makes me want to do more. Well, how much more should we want to just tell Jesus, Lord, we love you. Lord, we appreciate you. The more we praise him, the more we magnify him, the more he just pours his blessings down upon us. And the more benefits that we receive from him. We don't serve Jesus. We don't love Jesus because of the benefits. But he's the one that made them available. And it reminds us over in Psalms 103, very familiar scripture, but it's a good blessing, a good thankful place to start at. He's the one that has given us these benefits to enjoy. In Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5, bless the Lord. You know, if that's on the screen, yeah, it is. Let's read this together because this is just a beautiful passage. Let's start. One, two, three. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives our iniquities, who heals all diseases. Verse 4, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. I think several of us in here ought to say that again. So that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. That's a benefit of serving Jesus. Hallelujah. He'll keep us young. He'll keep us strong. Hallelujah. To run our race and to finish our course. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, I'm not going to forget any of your wonderful, rich benefits. Too often we have this problem. We forget 
what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. The devil tries to get you to forget the benefits and the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. And he'll try to get you to remember your faults, your failures, and your shortcomings. We're not going to do that. Amen. We're going to remember what Jesus has done for us. And we're going to forget the past, we're not going to live there. We're pressing on and we're pressing forward to a beautiful, bright future in Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. And it's good to put thanksgiving into our hearts. I'm not here to bum anybody out. But one of the signs of the times that we are living in is unthankfulness. You see it everywhere. Entitlement. And I'm thankful. There's a scripture that describes this over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. And I want to read it out of the Passion. It says a little bit differently. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3. But you need to be aware that in the final days... The culture of society will become extremely fierce. Verse 2. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. I could meddle right there, but just pause and think about that. Become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Have you heard or seen any of that lately? Slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. That reminds me of that scripture. In this day that we're living in, people are calling good evil and evil good. It's a sign of the time. People are whacked out. People are messed up. This passage is an accurate description of Today, it's the ungeneration, ungodly, unholy, ungrateful, unthankful, unrespectful. How about unpatriotic? I'm telling you, we just celebrated Veterans Day, and it grieves me that people don't honor the sacrifices that have been paid for our nation. Again, I was down, just down at the girls' school, and I was so thankful. I'm thankful that they're able to be in a very strong Christian school. And on Friday, they had a Veterans Day celebration, and they invited the grandparents and the veterans. I sat at that breakfast, and I wept pretty much through it. They had the students in there hearing the stories of veterans. There was one guy in there that was 91 years old. He joined the military when he was like 16. He joined in 19, 
41, before World War II, and he'd served in World War II. He served in the Korean War, the Vietnam War. I don't know. I mean, he'd been in the military for years and years. But they were just expressing to these kids the sacrifices that had been paid for our nation. And it was getting across to them. And we went into the assembly. And, and Olivia and her group, they just recently came back from a trip to Washington, D.C., her eighth grade class. And they showed a clip of the eighth graders at the Arlington Cemetery. And the head of the school prayed that they would meet some vets. While they were there, three busloads of veterans showed up. And these eighth graders, they lined the sidewalk as these veterans were walking into the cemetery and they shook every one of their hands. They looked them in the eyes and they said, thank you. The head of the school told this story that the eighth graders didn't even know yet. When they got back to their school and their school happens to be in Irvine, I think, in Irvine. Is that where it is? Anyway, Costa Mesa, Irvine. And this one particular vet he didn't know exact. he didn't remember the name of the school, but he remembered it was a Christian school and it was either in Costa Mesa or Irvine. He called every Christian school and he found this high school and they said, no, no, it's not us. It's Mariner's Christian school. He called the school. He hunted and he said, I called because I can't tell you how that touched me. He was a Vietnam vet, a veteran. And those kids saying thank you. And he told some of them he was in the Vietnam War. These eighth graders that have been put into them and they said, welcome home. He said it was one of the best moving days of his life to have eighth graders honor him like that. Folks, we need to teach our kids. It's not just about me, myself, and I. Unthankful for what men and women have paid the way for us to enjoy is not a godly aspect. Amen? I didn't intend to say any of that, but it's good preaching anyway. So this passage is talking about this. That Listen to this. A selfless person can be content with very little, but a self-centered person cannot be satisfied. Always needs more attention and more things. It's all about me, myself, and I. I won't go there, but you know, the selfie craze is nuts. How many likes did I get on social media? Folks, that's not the way to live. We're to be thankful to God. And we are to be appreciative of other people and what they've poured into our lives and what they do to us. Be kind to people that wait on you in restaurants. Don't be rude. You don't know what kind of day they may be having. Be kind. How about this? Be a Christian. Act like Christ. Cultivate the attitude of thanksgiving. It should be a way of life. 
if we don't model it to our children and our grandchildren because of all that they are bombarded with, they will fall prey to this scripture that we just read. They will be ignorant and they will be overcome with pride. They'll mock all that is right and be ungrateful and unholy. That's not the kind of culture we want them to be raised in. That's not the kind of culture we want to have that example before them. Let's do our best to cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. It should be a way of life. This true heart of thanksgiving... The reason so many people don't have it is because they don't know God. And they're just absorbed with themselves. But when we get our eyes off of us and start focusing on Him, how good He is. Hallelujah. It will help us to be thankful. And if sometimes you feel at a loss for words just to be able to express your love and your admiration to the Lord our God. Just go and read some of the Psalms. Borrow some of the words from the Psalmist David. It, it's full, full of verses. I love this one. We'll read a few. Psalms 92, verse 2 and 3, 2 and 3 in the NIV. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. And extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Above him there is no other. There is no other God like our God. He is the most high God. He is the only true and living God. He is the one that deserves all of our praise, all of our honor. Don't put any other gods before him. Don't allow a person to take that place. Do him in your heart. Don't allow a job, a career, anything else to take first place in your life. He deserves to be on the throne of your heart and to reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords over every area of our lives. When we start Acknowledging how great he is. And we get our praise on. Hallelujah. It does something to us on the inside. This scripture we just read, it said, Sing unto him, extol him with music and with song. We ought to all be singing unto the Lord. Obviously, we shouldn't all record, but we should all be singing praises unto His name. Thanksgiving. It starts by acknowledging 
Him. Just take a moment, the beginning of your day. Lord, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to acknowledge you. At the beginning of the day, I acknowledge you in all my ways and all my days. Let him be the first one that you talk to when you wake up. You may have to jump out of bed and get the kids ready and be in a hurry to get to work, but you're not too busy to say, Good morning, Lord. Too many people say, Good Lord, it's morning. No. Say, Good morning, Lord. This is the day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Let's look at another psalm. Psalms 106 verse 1 in the New King James. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. This same phrase is repeated over and over in psalms. Or similar ones throughout the Bible. So let's say it together. Praise the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Let's say it together all again. Praise the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Doesn't that just feel good? Praise the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. If that's all you knew about God, that'd be enough to cause you to walk in victory. Praise the Lord. He's good right there. That settles it. God is good. He's not the one bringing bad into your life. He doesn't have sickness and disease. He doesn't have poverty. If it's bad, it's not coming from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father. Hallelujah. Nothing bad up there. Praise the Lord for he is good. That settles that, doesn't it? And his mercy endureth forever. If all you knew about God was that he's good and his mercy endures forever, that'd be enough. That'd be enough for you to live in victory. That'd be enough for you to praise him with all that is within you. He's good. Hallelujah. David knew a lot about praising God and thanking God. And his life wasn't perfect. Your life may not be perfect. Your life isn't perfect. May not. I mean, none of us are perfect and our lives are not perfect. But we still have something to bless and thank the Lord for. As I was praying, this thing, this came up in my heart. That, you know, we all have areas we could use some improvement in. I guess that's a politically correct way to say it. Some areas that need some improvement. I'm sure everybody in here would say, well, yeah, you know, I'd like to have a... When it comes to natural things, 
I'd like to have a nicer home. I'd like to have more finances. and I'd like to have less weight on my body. Oops, I shouldn't have gone there. We're getting ready to <laughs> feast upon manna from the turkey and all that. But focusing on what we don't have and wishing things were different causes us to lose sight of what we do have and the things that we should be grateful for. I found some quotes and I want to read this to you. There is power in taking our eyes off of everything that's not right in our lives. Things that aren't exactly like we want them to be or didn't turn out the way we had planned. There's a certain inner strength that comes when we turn our focus from what we don't have and actively focus on what we do. You could make your own list. You may not live in a mansion, but praise God, you've got an apartment. You may not drive a Mercedes Benz, but praise God, you have a car that runs. You may not eat steak and prime rib every day, but you might have hamburger and chicken. And if Reverend Al is watching, spam. I don't like spam, but I know he loves it. You may not have a loving mate, but you might have a loyal dog. There's always something to be thankful for. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, don't they say that a dog is a man's best friend? I'm just saying. (laughs) Just saying. So don't wait until you live in that better house. You drive that nicer car. Be thankful for what you do have. And have a heart to share and be generous with what the Lord has blessed you with. I use this illustration a lot, but I'm preaching and there could be a new victim watching online. So here, listen up. You know my story. I grew up on a farm in rural Oklahoma. And we didn't have a lot of things in the natural. We did have lots of love. And we had lots of good country cooking because, you know, hopefully you're not going to be freaked out, but we raised our cattle and we killed them and we ate them. Not all of them. We did the same with pigs and chickens. We couldn't be pets with them because sooner or later they would be, anyway, dinner. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying, maybe not a lot of money, but we did have good food to eat. And my parents were some of the most generous people you would ever want to meet. We didn't always have a huge platter of fried chicken or steak. Sometimes we ate beans and cornbread. And guess what? I like beans and cornbread still to this day. But my dad and my mom's attitude was this. We had tons of relatives and lots of friends. And sometimes they just timed it perfectly to show up at our house at supper time. It wasn't dinner. It was supper time. And my dad's attitude was always this. Whether it was a platter of fried chicken or a pot of beans and cornbread, they had such an open arm mentality. Such as we have, you're welcome to it. 
Our house was not a mansion. Our house was not even very big. It was not a great home to raise five kids in. But they did not wait until perfect conditions to invite somebody to partake of the blessings that we had. You know what? When you have a grateful heart for what you have, your heart will be open and it will, it will extend out to an open hand of generosity. Isn't that something? If we're thankful for what we have, and not ashamed of it, and not embarrassed by it, we'll be willing to share what we do have with other people. Being thankful opens the door for more. That's a principle that God put into motion. Hallelujah. Now, you have have any time left? I have no idea. I think, anyway, I forgot to look, but I'm not done. There's more. And you're thankful that I have more, right? <laughs> Smile at me. Anyway, <laughs> I want you to look at a passage over here. This is the proper protocol for entering into the presence of the Lord. Giving thanks is so important. It's an important part of our relationship with the Father. Psalms 100 verse 4 in the King James, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now you're going to love that passage out of the message. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, we enter the password. We thank you. We worship you. Hallelujah. We're not going to come into your presence with griping and with whining and with complaining. We're coming into your presence with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We know that everything is not perfect in our lives. We know that people are facing difficulties, but that's not what we need to be magnifying. We need to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. And some people say, but you don't know what I'm going through. All I see is problems. All I see is difficulty. All I see is lack. All I see is sickness. I do understand. And God understands. I've been there, done that. From experience, though, and from the Word of God, it does no good to focus on the bad. Even in the midst of a terrible situation, the Word gives us instruction that will get us out. Hallelujah. We are confident. We're not staying in that situation. We're going to the other side. Hallelujah. And this is one of the ways to do that. First Thessalonians 5.18 Again, out of the Passion. 
And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. I want to clarify that, this, and we say it a lot. It does not say give thanks for everything. People get messed up and they start saying, Oh, thank you, God, for putting cancer on me to teach me something. Thank you that my dog got ran over. You know, thank you that I was in this. Well, maybe you are thankful. You might have been a bad dog. But anyhow, no, don't thank God for bad things for them. This is a little, all of you students that were good in English, what is for and what is in? They are prepositions. And they are little words that can change the entire meaning of a sentence. And so this sentence says, in the midst of everything, not for everything. So what is he saying? When you're going through a bad time, you can still give God some praise. You got it, sister. You can still give God some praise. And why is that? Because you know, praise the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. You know that my God always causes me to triumph. You know that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You know that Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses and my diseases. You know that I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. You know that your Redeemer liveth. And he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still delivers today. He still heals today. He still restores today. That's why when it looks like all hell is breaking loose, you can still raise up your hands and you do it by faith. I know that many times it feels like a sacrifice. But doesn't the Bible say in Hebrews 13, 15, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to His name. If the only time that you praise and thank God is when everything is wonderful and great, you're missing it. If you learn the value of praising Him, offering that sacrifice, Lord, you know, I don't feel like singing right now. Lord, you know it's difficult to even raise my hands or raise my head right now. But I'm going to do it because you're worthy. I'm going to do it because you are my Lord. You are my deliverer. I'm going to do it in the midst of this dark season. Glory to God because you alone deserve the praise. He is worthy. Oh, Lord, we bless you. We bless you. First Chronicles 16, 29 says, Give. 
to the Lord. Glory do his name. Bring an offering. Come before him. Oh, worship. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worthy. Worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Let's just all stand. That's enough. There's a presence here. There's an anointing here. Hallelujah. Get it sombra Just to worship him. This just comes up my heart. It came up today when I was praying and I wrote it down. This is a word for somebody. It seems like you've been experiencing a lot of closed doors and running into dead end streets is how it came to me. Like you're blocked, you're um, surrounded on every side, you're boxed in and it's feeling like you don't have anywhere to go. You don't know what your next step is supposed to be. But I was reminded of Paul and Silas when they were in prison over in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says they prayed and they sang praises. And when they did, the prison doors were opened. There was a great earthquake. The prison was shaken and everyone's chains were loosed. And the doors were open. And this is what came to me and I wrote it down today. Praise doesn't just steal the enemy. Praise destroys yokes, removes burdens and bondages, shakes things loose that the enemy has been trying to hold up. Perhaps finances or a new job, things that need to be released. I just sense that, that there's been some things that need to be released. It could even pertain to healing symptoms that have been trying to linger in your body. Praise destroys the yokes. And then this last phrase, and it opens doors that have been shut. So ha, ha, ha. Oh, we praise you. If that describes you, any of those things, if that bears witness with your heart, just wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, things are moving. Things are shaking. Doors, doors that have been shut are going to swing open just like those prison doors did and those chains fell off of them. They were free. They were released and they were given direction. Hallelujah. The angel came, led him right on out. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just begin to praise Him. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good.